Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au. G'day everybody and welcome to the 18th edition of Tiger Tragics. Mitchell Scott is my name. I say hello to Carl Bianco sitting opposite me at the desk. Hello, Carl. Hello, Mitchell. Good to be with you. That's why uh, Tony Shebeki will be with us in just a moment, but... Uh, we can get excited because the top four Tigers, top three Tigers, it's the way it's panned out in the end. We finished well. We've done exactly what we wanted uh, to happen in the, the way this season was going to play out for the last few weeks. Yep. Won, uh, won the game on the weekend against St Kilda, and Geelong did us a favour by beating uh, GWS by enough down there that you know we obviously then came out and spanked the Saints, and we made up that percentage gap, and we've effectively got ourselves a home final. So how mm. good is this? How good is it? This is our best chance at a flag. Since 2001, when we last finished top four, um, we've won one final since then, which is not ideal. But, uh, Carl, what are, you, what are your thoughts heading into uh, this finals campaign, just on a very initial level? It's Tiger time. Enough said. It's Tiger time. Look, really, lid's off. really excited. The lid is off now. We said earlier in the year, Mitchell, that 15-7 and seven probably would have got us top four. Sure enough, it has. And not just top four, it's got us top three. Which is amazing because last year, that would have got us barely into the eight. Exactly. But such has been the season that we've, we said 13 was the lucky number to get in. We've, we've done well and we've got to the 15. And as we've been saying for the last 10 weeks here, a shy Bolton goal review off top spot. <laughs> which, Pretty much, yeah. Which in the end hasn't really... It has, the way it's played, it hasn't really affected us because we are playing at the MCG against Geelong in effectively yep. a home final. And I know we'll, yep. t- we'll talk about that in depth a little bit later, but... Um, okay, the, essentially the reason that we are where we find ourselves is after putting St Kilda to the sword yesterday, the third redemption game that we had, we had the three redemption games where we had to make amends for uh, misdemeanors earlier in the year. They were against Fremantle, GWS and St Kilda. This was the third one. We've gone on and spanked them, mate. It was uh, Richmond's 19-8-122, so fantastic accuracy in front of goal. 19-8-122, <laughs> defeating St Kilda 12-9-81. We knew we were on from the first sort of three or four minutes uh, that you know we, we, we were going we to go on and win this game. It was business. That's the thing, the thing that I really am pleased with what I've seen in the last few weeks. And, yeah, we had the loss against Geelong, but we've been winning well. We've been scoring heavily, and we've been doing it with a sort of row, uh, you know, a very matter of fact, almost mechanical, professional nature about it. That is just go yeah. and go and win the game, get the points, and and uh, don't let the other team in it. And scoring heavily, which hasn't been our thing all year. We've been very dour in terms of our scoring, but we've always been better with our defensive end of it. Um, your Dustin Martin was best on ground again. Won the Ian Stewart Medal, which is the medal awarded to the best uh, player between these two teams. Uh, another three votes probably in the bank for Dusty, I would, I would presume. But, uh, Carl, what did you take out of the game uh, in terms of things that we can, we can uh, be confident about heading into September? I'll tell you one. Jacob Townsend. Another five goals. Wow. He might be our X Factor for September. I know we were talking about Sean Hampson maybe bopping up as, um, as being you know, Clark Keating, but, geez, we might have found one. 
He's a bit like a sort of Jack Gunston, Luke Bruce, Hawthorne type, you know, that pops up and kicks four, three or four goals for Hawthorne. However, he's kicking five or six. So. Well, he's kicked 11 in the last two yeah. weeks. So six against Fremantle, which we didn't re- want to really read much into because no. they, were, they were witches' hats out there. Pretty much. But um, he's then kicked five yesterday against St Kilda and, you know, some of them were, were reasonably hard goals. Um, 11 in the last two weeks. And he's come in, he came in for Josh Caddy, who you know did his hammy. Yeah, you can't drop him, can you? But no, no, no. I'm not for dropping him. We keep him in the side. But who, if Caddy, Caddy comes back in, who goes out? Well, at this stage, I think the young. I was, you know, we were going through the names before. Markov uh, is probably the first one that springs to mind in terms of it has to go out. But he plays a different role. He's off a half back. He's uh, he's trying to create a bit of run. Yeah. I'm not sure that's really Townsend. He's more of a he's a bullocking half forward. Um, you know, Jack Graham has only played two games, but I look at yesterday's game and, you know, he bobbed up with a, you know, just the casual, uh, how many just, uh, pressure point, pressure acts was it? It just led that happened to lead the game with a 29, 29 pressure acts for Jack Graham, 18 disposal, 18 disposals and kicked a goal as well. So Jack, so Jack Graham, it's, it's hard to sort of drop him as well. Markov plays a different role. So how do you get Josh Caddy back into this side? Good question. I'm not too sure myself. Uh, I thought Broad had a shocker yesterday, in my opinion. I, I think I think his overall form since he's been in the side has been great. But yesterday, to me, if he's going to play that kind of football, I just don't think he should be in our best twenty-two come finals because it's obviously a high-pressure uh, sort of environment to be playing in in finals. The level just goes up again. And, yeah, I, I think Broad might come out, if anything. Uh, Markov, I thought, did some good things. And we've spoken about Graham. Graham's a, a great, solid, you know, uh, all-rounder, really. But I think he's – what's his actual traditional role, Graham? Oh, is it off half-back or – Graham, no. Oh, well, it, in this particular side, I think he's just – it's almost that Anthony Miles. Yeah. In and under, you know, but he's a bull. But he's he, a bull. He can play off a half a back. He can play off a half forward. He can go in the guts. But essentially, wherever the contest is, you'll, that's where you'll find him. Because he kicked the goal again yesterday. Yeah, like, he bobbed up, bobbed up. I'm, and loving, I'm loving what he's doing. Well, he's, his pressure is what's... Yeah. yeah. We keep coming back to pressure is the key word for Richmond this year. And, you know, he's, in his first two games, has led both games for pressure acts. And I think that's really important, uh, you know, for a young player coming into this side to try and make his mark. Dimmer's got a hard, hard job ahead of him in two weeks trying to fit... Uh, that many, pl- you know, twenty four or twenty five into twenty two. It just, it's going to be difficult for him. And I reckon, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of happening on the on the training track in the next week or so, just to uh, just to make sure that uh, you know we are make we are confident in picking our best twenty two because there's a lot of them banging down the door, which we haven't been able to say as a Richmond Richmond people for a while. You know, Jaden Short was another player who in the first half of the season. Um, was was an essential part of this side. Got dro- uh, got dropped when uh, around the time of Hooley going out and Broad came in, and he sort of Broad's held his spot. So it depends on you know I suppose how much they need uh, in terms of height versus run. I would I would argue between those two against Geelong, which uh, you know we'll talk about in depth between now and and in a fortnight's time. So Jacob Townsend bobbed up with five. Jack Rewalt I thought was back to. Uh, his best, his best game since returning with his eye inju- from his eye injury. He um, he created, he crashed packs. He kicked three goals. Kicked a beauty from outside fifty, which was you know the jack of old. I haven't seen Jack. Jack hasn't been kicking big long goals. Of that late. was great, wasn't it? That yeah. goal. He doesn't. It's not really been his be his bag of of late to be kicking long goals. But 
Um, you know, are you confident that we can go into finals with this forward line set up that, you know, we've seen it time and time again. We haven't seen the second forward being there. Nane Curvis has been sort of rotating a bit, but even he was one out on his own yesterday. Do we need to be looking to bring someone in to bolster that forward line now that, uh, you know, the Griffiths and Hampson are seemingly available? No, I reckon Townsend's done enough to keep his spot in our best 22. Certainly done enough. I mean, he's kicked, as we've said, 11 goals in two weeks. He plays tall as yeah, well. That's yeah. the thing. He play, He can play tall and... Um, I think that's that's a real positive for the for this side. Um, what do you think of, uh, you know, Dion Prestia? I think I, I think he's finally the last four weeks have been his best body of work. I think probably his, of his career. Like I, yeah. I, I, look, I, I, I must admit, I'm watching him a lot more closely now than I ever did at uh, at the Gold Coast. But his last four weeks have been outstanding. And yesterday again, he bobbed up with a couple of goals, 23 disposals, 12 contested, 12 of those were contested, seven clearances, 22 pressure acts. He is, and he's just cutting through the middle. Uh, wherever there's a, a, seems to be a chain of we're linking from half back to half forward and going inside 50, he seems to be in there with a deft kick or a little handball, and he's killing it. It's a difference. Uh, it makes when you change to a club that's not Gold Coast, basically. <laughs> uh, no, look, I think, really, he's had a great four weeks. And if he keeps his form up, which I'm sure he will, going into finals, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just still... I, I can't believe that we are where we, where we are after last season. Like, I would have thought maybe bottom half, top eight, um, on the verge of our traditional spot of ninth, possibly as well. But, fortunately, we're, we are where we are, and... You know, we've got players like Presti and Nankervis, Caddy, now Townsend the last couple of weeks. And not to mention all of our existing players that have really been putting in the hard yards this year. Lambert, Asprey, Grimes even has that. Like, you can't, there's no real fault there, is there? No, I'm looking for weak links in this, in this team. And um, I think because of the style and the brand of football that we have... Uh, the weak link isn't isn't is never going to be the individual. It's exactly this, the weak link is if the system itself uh, falls over by means of which we've seen a cu- only you know a couple of times this year where it, it's where it hasn't worked out well. But I think we we can have faith finally after all these years as Richmond supporters we can have faith in our team going out there and at the very least being in the match up until five minutes to go in the last quarter and. You know, we've spoken on this on this podcast before about what the expectation is for this team, and you know, I think a couple of weeks ago we said the bar has to be you know win a final, and that now is the bare minimum. I think we have to find. I don't think yeah. I, don't, I don't think we can afford to go anything other than at least one final. You know, that's the, if if we if we get one finals win, that's a that's a okay that's a tick for the season and that's amazing considering that you know this time last year the place was about to burn down the uh you know they had the, the board meeting was coming in uh Damien Hardwick was set to be kicked out of everywhere uh Neil Baum hadn't quite joined effectively yet um and it was just uh, the place was in disarray now uh you know it's we're the biggest we as of the weekend we were uh, the number one attended club of the year uh in the number one attended season in VFL AFL history uh membership is through the roof uh, and we are basically carrying the flag for all Victorian teams in this final series. And I, I, I let, let me correct that for for Melbourne Melbourne teams because Geelong will will have my head for saying that. Um, but <laughs> they'll have my head. But we are we are we are the team that you know Melbourne needs to get behind. 
um, to to make something of this final series because everyone else, all the interstate Raiders, it's it's actually the, for the first time in a long time, you know, the genuine sort of national competition. But um, you know, I think if you were to look back across the course of the year, at what point do you think was the turning point? Gee, that's a good question. Uh, I reckon when we started losing games by under a goal, like was it three or four that we lost in a row in the we, end? We had the four. We yeah. had four. No, we had three, four losses in a row, three of which were by under a goal, and they were they were rounds uh, seven through nine. Bulldogs, Fremantle, GWS, and we lost to Sydney as well by ten. I think it was. Yeah, that and that was that was four, Couple, four, yeah. four, four or five weeks later. So the tur- so the turning point you think was those three losses in a row where we were we had to learn from them and galvanise the team. Yeah, I reckon because. You know, it wasn't like they were, weren't quality opponents. I mean, they were all quality sides that we lost to. But at the same time, you know, if we had done things a little bit differently and kicked a few goals, kicked our accuracy in front of goal has just been atrocious up until the last few weeks. I, I, look, I don't know if we put it down to Townsend being the sparker to our accuracy, but it kind of has been at the same time the last few weeks in particular when you look at it. Well, it's just another avenue to goal, isn't it? We didn't think we had. And Josh yeah. Caddy, uh, uh, this will sound bad, but you know, Josh Caddy's been very serviceable to this team all season. But we look more dangerous with Townsend in there. Yeah. With, and you know, Cat, let's put Caddy in there as well. Um, the only question I have over Caddy is whether he adds enough pressure uh, going the other way. In terms of uh, in terms of defensively, yes, def- you know, does you know, Caddy Caddy's a bit of a one way runner, and God love him. And sure enough, Townsend has done that a little bit himself. But if there's a uh, if there's a goal streaming forward, if they've got if we've got a chance to score a goal, you can bet your bottom dollar the bloke leading the charge to get first to the goal square to get the easy one over the top is Josh Caddy. Yep. Because of that, he doesn't necessarily when the ball if the ball gets turned over, he doesn't necessarily then run back hard the other way to to to. To uh to man up and and play that that role there that he needs to do. So He's a bit of a statue. Oh, I wouldn't say a statue. I just think I'd, <laughs> I'd say I'd say I'd just say a one way runner. I think he's he'll he'll gallop hard for you if there's if there's a scoring opportunity because he's a bit goal hungry. But when it comes to the ball turns over, uh, you'll find that he's the one who then probably the last one back into the into the the setup to to pick up his man or to pick up the space that he needs to. But, um. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I really enjoyed. Uh, I think the just how defensively sound we were again yesterday. Asprey was was phenomenal. Rance was taking marks and clunking them. They both. Uh, just the confidence that we everything is firing at the right time of the year, which everyone talks about. You know, and Dimmer's said this himself all year that you know we need to be. We, we've got plenty of of better football in us. Our best is yet to come. Yep. We're seeing our best, and and we've you know clicked it at our best at the time that it matters, which is leading into September and taking that form into the, you know the biggest games for this football club, and there's at least two of them which we're very pleased about. Uh, since you know since well, I, I reckon this is the this will be the biggest game for Richmond since the twenty. The, I actually do genuinely think since the twenty thirteen elimination it's final. Bigger. It's well, it bigger. bigger. It is bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is bigger in the sense that there is there is genuine belief that this team can win the flag, which I've ne- which I haven't been able to say as a Richmond supporter in my lifetime. Same, exactly, the, exactly right, Mitch. I'm 100 in agreement with you on that. Like this is the first time I can actually confidently say the team is playing as a team. We're not dependent on certain individuals within the team, or you know. Uh, whatever result, I suppose, as well, to go our way or to go others' way. We're not having to have faith in others, are exactly. we? Exactly. We are 
it's you know it's like we're an independent club, which is a good thing. You know, we we don't have to depend on say Hawthorne beating this mob or. You know, like we actually have cemented our spot and earned our spot. And if we hadn't won an extra couple of games, we'd have been well on top. Which, exactly. Well, which in the end, it, I mean, as it's worked out, it doesn't really matter. No, God that, no. Because we've effectively got a home final. But in those years where we've made finals previously, you know, be it, um, be it, you know, 2013 or 2001 or, you know, because you know, there's not much in between there, really. <laughs> um, but in those times in my lifetime, there has always been a couple of teams that are clearly the next rung above. Yeah. That clearly get that are clearly, you know, gonna put us to the sword at some particular point in the final series. In two thousand and one it was, you know, Essendon and Brisbane were clearly the teams to beat. In two thousand and thirteen, um, Hawthorne and Fremantle, uh and I think Sydney even in there as well, were the clearly the teams uh, uh, to beat. Twenty fourteen, we stumbled into the finals after winning nine straight at the end there, and good on us. But that was always a Sydney and Hawthorne year. We were just happy to we were just happy to be in the finals that year. And twenty fifteen again, West Coast Hawthorne. It was always going to and Fremantle with a three that was clearly going to be one of them who won the flag. And we were just making up the numbers and we got right. We got bundled out of it this year. As the way you know, we finished half a game off top spot, and the teams that are, the two teams that are above us are all vulnerable. And the teams that are below us are all vulnerable, and yep. and we are the I would argue the least vulnerable of all these teams. Just about on our day, uh, pro- Sydney's probably the other one who uh, you can bank in that uh, you know uh, unless they're playing Hawthorne, uh, they'll get the job done. And that you know they were emphatic on the weekend once again. But I'm just I'm I don't know how to react as a Richmond supporter. I've just this is and we've got two weeks to sort of drink it up and and soak it up and build it up and and go from there and. Um, you know, if you were to go through the emotions you're sort of feeling as a Richmond, Richmond fan, and I want people to tweet in about this at Tiger Tragics, just tell us the actual feeling of emotion you feel about this finals campaign because I truthfully haven't really got to enjoy it the last 24, 48 hours because my partner and my fiance is a Melbourne supporter. So I've sort of had to hold her hand in one way and, and, uh, and you know, not I can't afford to be you know optimistic and gloat or anything like that about being in the finals because I'm I you know I have to I have to come home and speak to her and I don't and she you know they're obviously very livid what Melbourne did on the weekend was something that Richmond would the Richmond of the past would have done so what are you feeling Carl I don't know what to feel Mitchell it's it's been so long that like I, I as a Richmond supporter I'm ecstatic at the fact that we are where we are but I think years of so many losses, they've just made you feel like, you know, uncertain going into this Geelong game a little bit. There's, we, we can be certain on one thing that we're going to go into this game and look pretty good and the best we have in a long time. And it's going to be a bloody awesome final, like 95,000 plus at the MCG. You, you can back it in. It's going to be that much. Oh, it's funny because in, like in the Herald Sun today, they're talking about, oh, they'll get at least 80,000. I reckon that's the weakest forecast for oh, a, for 80, a final. 80,000? 80,000 80, will be wanting to get in that after they've shut the gates. Like, that's just Richmond's supporter base. Yes. <laughs> um, so, which, you know, which is comical that, uh, you know, there's Geelong supporters are now starting to whinge about uh, why isn't this game being played at Simmons? And you know what my answer to that is? Get stuffed. Well, yeah, it's basically that. <laughs> get stuffed. No, as long no. as you as long as you are playing home games at the MCG, you can't complain about playing home finals at the MCG. As far as I'm concerned, now they play three or four home games a year at the MCG. Granted, I know it's not a hundred, but you know they're moving away from that. I know that's what they want to do. 
Geelong fans, if you've stumbled onto this podcast and you're wanting to get some ins- you know, inside word on the on the opposition, um, I'm more than happy to to take your point that, you know, we want to move away from the thing. That's why we're upgrading the stadium. Yeah, I take that. But as it stands right now, you're playing home games at the MCG at the moment. That's in your agreement. So you can play home finals at the MCG as well. Particularly, and the AFL is very, is very uh, you know, open and honest about the fact that we will play your game, we'll play your home, gra- home game for a final at the ground, that you, at one of your home grounds, that will maximise the attendance proper. Now everyone go, and this is where um, the, the precedent was set a couple of years ago, the Bulldogs played a home the Bulldogs played a home final at the MCG and everyone kicked up a stink and it, and but they happen to play a, it, they actually have a, almost a better argument than than Geelong do because they don't really play home games at the MCG GWS played it at its one at spotless last year because they don't play home games at the SCG they don't play them there they don't play them at, at ANZ they play them at that ground and that ground only and the other one's Canberra so which one holds the more the more uh, the more the more the bigger the bigger crowd the one at spotless so they played it at spotless that's why so Geelong fans stop kicking up a stink You're, the MCG is a home ground of yours play it where it's where it's going to be there and you know what if you're going to spend two weeks whinging about the ground and not thinking about the opposition and the game then you you're already two steps behind us I'm just disappointed that they didn't opt for Etihad Stadium as the home ground for the final because it would have been a lot easier for all the Geelong travellers to get the V-line straight to... Straight to Southern Cross. <laughs> Southern Cross. It's actually interesting that... Because um, the game has been scheduled. We might as well we might as well sort of go into it here. So it's Friday night, the 8th of September, 7.50pm, Friday night football, massive game, MCG. Our first Friday night game of the year as well. Is it really? We have not played a Friday we play, night that, game. Because we played a couple of Thursday nights, didn't we, early a- on in the season? Yeah. as a club, we weren't entitled to Friday night oh. because of last year. Oh, I think next year that might change. I think so too, just quietly. So Friday night football, MCG. Uh, and, the, and this is another thing I know the Geelong supporters are whinging about, is that because it's a Friday night... Oh, it's too hard for us to come up and get the train. Well, you know what? Geelong will probably declare, declare a public holiday in the afternoon and let everyone get off work at 2 o'clock. Well, all the shops close at 3 o'clock over there anyway. So <laughs> what's 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 the difference? I don't, I don't know. When they get the internet down there, they'll eventually tell them that you know you can, ah, just, yes. you can just knock off early and come up. Once they replace the dial-up connection. But I, look, it has, it has worked out in our favour. We did speak last week about... Um, you know the the ideal situation was going to be that Geelong would beat GWS down there, and then we would effectively get a home final. And yes, Geelong supporters, I do take your point, but you know, in terms of us here, we're we're clearly biased towards what Richmond's needs, and we have effectively got a home final in front of ninety five thousand fans. Who I reckon the Richmond supporters are going to come out in force. This is going to be a a mix of nervous excitement, I think, going into this next two weeks. I think we, I think our approach needs to be we just need to kind of suck it up and and enjoy it for the most part. Um, I can bet your bottom dollar. I'm more. I'll be more nervous going into the semi final if we lose this one than than into this one. I think we. I think this is the one we can probably just go into enjoy and enjoy um, because the week after we're probably we'd probably be playing Sydney. Um, and yeah. I know, and I know Geelong are genuinely scared of Sydney as is, well. Is that if we lose or if we win? If we lose, well, if we to go through the permutations, which has been the most overused word of the last two weeks, <laughs> everyone's talking about the finals permutations. It's well, the only... I think is it better than inside the four walls, like what Hardwick was using last year, or yeah, it's well, it's because it only breaks out for these two that for that two weeks. I suppose permutations yeah. was going down to the wire last night. Oh, um, and I look if so, a win. And we get a preliminary final. We have a wet another week off, which may hurt us 
if you do, no, I on. reckon, to be honest, I reckon it works to our advantage. I'll tell you After why. After having already had the week off. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because why our players, no doubt, are feeling a bit after the hard season they've had, like the the good season they've had. But yeah. I reckon you look at Dan Rioli, he copped a hard knock yesterday. I think that week's going to help him just relax. Like all the Tigers, they don't need to relax too much. They have a good a good training program, but just have a little bit of time to themselves. Yeah, I, I, haven't, got, I haven't got an issue with this week's yeah. bye week. I'm talking about if we win... The pre, we win the opening final, and then we have another week because then we have another week off. So the so which which was the issue that Geelong and Geelong and um, uh, Geelong had last year, as well as I'm just at GWS. I just had a mind blank as to who won the 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 first final there. They both because they'd had so much time off over the course of a you know a four week break where they don't they played I think it was twenty eight days and two games or something. They they weren't. Firing on all cylinders, and t- and the teams that had had just the one week off for the for the every for for the buy, and had had that extra run of form and the and the sort of momentum carrying them, they were far better placed. So, um, I think this week's definitely a win for us. Yeah, having this week off, and particularly coming up against Geelong, who we know Geelong don't play well off the buy. If you know, it's, they've won. I think they've won one in six off the bye, which was last year in the in the qualifying final against Hawthorne. Every other week since we've been having these these buys, um, they 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 don't do well off it. Granted, I don't think our record's great either off it, but it can only help. Um, so we if so to, if we win, we get that we have another week off. So we'll have two weeks off in four weeks, and that may be an issue. But you know that's for the that's for the AFL to decide. I, I don't think it will be. I but... hope not. I hope not. Anyway. But a pre- that'll be a preliminary final at the MCG, uh, and that will probably be against, I would suggest, GWS. And the reason I suggest that is that I would they will lose to, let's say they lose to Adelaide. They would then play the winner of Port Adelaide and West Coast at uh, Spotless, yep. and I would presume they would win that. And they would then come and play the winner of our final in a preliminary final there at the MCG. So, is there a chance we can actually face up against Geelong in the grand final this year? Uh, there is. Yep. There is because they're the. We can't play. Um, there's certain teams we. I, we I, I don't think we can play Essendon in anything other than the grand no, no, final. No. Yeah. That side of the draw, so to speak. So but we don't really want that. I know, but actually, like, I tell you what, we can play Essendon next week. We well, might play exactly, as an, yeah. if they beat Sydney, which I don't think they will. I but kind of hope they do, though. To be honest, that'd be massive. It would be great. Be massive, and and they'd also, you know, if they got through and we'd beaten Geelong, they would also have a. They would go into that game with confidence because they've had Geelong's measure as well. But they deserve it too, to be honest. Just on a side note, for all they've been through, Essendon, like I would actually love that story to come out of them when they play Sydney. Yeah. If they went up there and beat them, it'd make a statement. Statement first of all, but. I just want to see Sydney lose. Everyone wants to like, see Sydney knocked out. They're the they're the danger. You, you look at the last decade: Sydney, Hawthorne. You know, we mentioned Frio as well. These teams have been up at the top of the table for years. Sydney, to their credit, have done something remarkable this year. Gone from none six after six rounds to finishing, you know, in the eight. And credit to them that they're, they're certainly one of the most informed sides of the AFL. But yep. I would really love to see nothing more than Essendon go up to Sydney and beat Sydney. Beat them. Because as we then go to the other side of it, if we do lose, yes, we've got, and this is where we, it's great that we've got the second chance. So yeah. we then come back the next week, home final at the MCG against either Sydney or Essendon. And it would be awesome to be playing. Sydney, Sydney would be a real danger game. In fact, Sydney, yeah. Sydney's form line's the best of anyone in the last 10 weeks. They're 9-1. and one. The only team they've lost to in the last 15 weeks is Hawthorne. That's when we would need the Lloyd factor. 
Yeah, Sammy Lloyd coming in, just reliving past glories. Um, that might be the case. And well done to the Richmond VFL team, qualified for another yeah. f- final for a final series, which is fantastic. Um, but you know, an Essendon semi-final cutthroat would be. Ta- we'd get Matthew Knights out there. It'd be memories of nineteen ninety-five all over again. Um, imagine like this is this is where I know the AFL was really worried about. Um, just the way the ladder was placed is, are we going to have enough football in Melbourne in September? You know, is it going to be a bit off state? Thanks to the, what, what's happened on the weekend, we're going to have a we're going to have a final in Victoria every week. Um, and being the Richmond Army that we are, this is uh, only going to be get bigger as the momentum builds. And you know, I'll be, I'm really interested to see whether you know does does the wider supporter base get behind. Richmond, if we start doing, if we, you know, if we, if we make it through, or well, what, will what they happens? just, will they, will they be? Uh, right now, I think every rich, every other than a Richmond supporter is barracking for them to go out in straight sets. I just don't think though that I could take us getting to the grand final and losing. I just, I, I, oh. I don't, I don't know how I would take that. Like, I mean, I know it overall, we'd look at us, we we look at the season and say, look, been a fantastic season. We're actually seeing Richmond play in the grand final for the first time since 1982. But I just, I don't, I. There's part of me that just I I don't want to face the feeling of losing during finals and bowing out in finals, you know, like what what would hurt, and this is we might have imposed this as a Twitter poll. What would hurt you more? And I think because I think you talk about you know losing a grand final, that's a pain that I got no idea how to comprehend. So I'm not yeah. I'm I'm gonna that's new territory for me. I at this stage would think that maybe going out in straight sets is going to hurt more because Probably, that, because yeah, true. because because that level of expect that expectation base now is so that you know that's finals wins minimum so to go out in straight sets and that would make us the laughing stock of the of the industry again because there, there seems to be this you know mentality that Richmond the Richmond of old the Richmond hasn't proven anything this year until they start winning finals and you know I think we've done pretty well with most for the most part and passing most of our tests this year and is it bad that you know for part of me I just want to tell the world to get stuffed but a big motivation for for this is to is to you know shut down all the naysayers who keep saying oh, no, what has Richmond done what has Richmond done well you know what I agree we haven't done anything in years we've done nothing but here we are with our best chance to do something and let's do so let's come on let's go and do something it's the first time in my lifetime that I'm actually confident in the Tigers to actually do something in September that's decent and not bail out in the first round. And I know it's bad, Mitch, but mm-hmm. when we recorded last week's podcast afterwards, I had to go into the city. And on my way home, I was going past the MCG, and for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I actually had <laughs> the thought in my brain that we could actually make it deep into September and have success. And as I went past the MCG, I know it's bad, but it's good at the same time. The feeling, the thought of Hutto calling the final minutes of the grand final. For the first time since 1982, Richmond have made a grand final and they're going to achieve success. They're going to win 37 years. It's taken 30, I think it's 37, isn't it? No. No, 30, 37, 35, 37 30, since we won. Well, yeah, 37 30, since we won one. First time in 37 years, the Tigers are going to win a, win the premiership. What's he get, what did he say when the siren went? For the first time in 37 years, yes. Richmond are going to win the premiership. That's a bit boring. I thought he had gone, it's 
Tiger Time! Yeah, or something like that. that. As, as yeah. part of the monologue, yeah. include that for the first time in 37 years. Does it give, So you could dare to dream, effectively, is what you're saying. Oh, but I, it was just really... You're actually... Dare, yeah, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of Richmond supporters who are doing the same but thing. But it was really unusual for me to go past the MCG and have that thought in my mm. mind. Like, it was just... It was almost like it was happening before... It's always, it's always been it's always been unattain, un, unobtainable as uh, something that we've never dared to think of, and it's, it's you know it's got me thinking about. I look at this team at the moment, and um, you know I, I, you look at that Bulldogs team last year, and you go, you know, geez, Jason Johannesson, Premiership player, Marcus Bontempelli, Premiership player, and then there's a few other names in there, and you go, and I, I and I look at this Richmond team now, and I go like, like geez, Nick Vlosten, he's built for finals. He re- like he's he was his last three weeks have been he was one of the best on in the loss to in the loss to uh to Geelong and Carl you've got some stats on his game yesterday because he yesterday. was outstanding he's just he's just Mr Reliable coming in about in the, off that back line um I know we you know you talk about we, we talk about Ransom we talk about Asprey but you know Nick Vloston since he's gone back there has been doing fantastic things well yesterday he had twenty two disposals seventeen kicks ten intercepts. Seven rebound fifties and eighty-two percent efficiency overall. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but <laughs> having him in the back line, he's built for finals. And this, there are so many, and that's why you know I, I'm. I said last week, I declared last week that J- Jack Graham, future Brownlow medalist, did nothing to to sway my 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 mind yesterday that that wouldn't be the case. And again, he's you know he's only played two games, but we were talking before about potential. You know, does he go out of the team? He looks like he's built for finals. You know, Sean, guys like Sean Grigg and Basher Hooley, who've been part of that sort of previous uh, run of of moderate success, we'll call it moderate, play, you know, making finals, but haven't, you know, in the big games have never stood up. They look super reliable now. They look like they just play their role. You mentioned Sean Grigg. I reckon he had his best game on the weekend. That's that's saying something because yeah. he's he's had a lot of good games this year. Like yeah. even against like last week against Fremantle, he was pro- he was just about best on ground. Consistent football. It's something we've been waiting to see Richmond d- play in a, for a long time. Dylan Grimes, yeah, Dylan Grimes is standing up and playing yep. sort of the, the sort this sort of role that you go, yep, I, I trust you to, to to be playing your role in a final. I trust all these players now, and it's it's and Trent Cochin actually after having a couple of bad weeks down weeks uh, got back to his best yesterday. Because um, he he was tagged pretty heavily against Geelong, and even he was tagged against the against Fremantle when Dusty was running amok, and everyone was really running amok. The but goal, even the goal he was he down. Kicked. The goal Kochi kicked, you saw that. It was yeah. just and he, he it, it's clearly meaning something to him as well, being being part of it. I know that teams people are going to start now rolling out their um their all Australian teams, uh, all the experts, but in, in anticipation of um of what happens the, uh with the I think it's I think with the with the actual squad coming out this week and I think they name the they name the eventual 22 in a couple of weeks time but um you know you'd say Rance is, Rance and Dusty are locks for all Australian there is some talk that maybe because there's a bit of there's no clear sort of standout to be potentially be the all Australian captain there is a school of thought that suggests that maybe Trent Cochin his season has been good enough to get him maybe in that team and as the captain because he's he's led this team remarkably well this year. Um, you know, I know Robbo did his on the weekend. He had Josh Kennedy as in, in as the captain, and I, I'd love to see Trent Cochin as an All Australian captain. Would it would would it take me by surprise? Yes, it would. Um, do you think his season sort of been good enough for that to warrant that sort of honour? Yeah. Like it's a pretty big call to be to be All Australian. I know last year's was um who was last year's actually it might have been. I'll check that. But uh, the, year, the year before was Bob Murphy. 
Yeah, but I think it was Joel Selwood. I think Might you're right. Joel Selwood. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, on that, I reckon, Mitchell, this has been Cochin's best season since he won the Brownlow in 2012. We forget that, don't we? Yeah. He's, won a, he's a Brownlow medalist. And yep. he's playing Brownlow. He's, he's back to that form that he had in 2012, um, which is fantastic to see again leading into to the... The the bloke who's killing it, and you know we, we probably gloss over him here a little bit too much because it's just so obvious. But Dustin Martin uh, was phenomenal again yesterday, and it's interesting that as the the more the contract speculation and and that intensifies, the better he seems to get, and that uh, it's it's a credit to him and uh, you know everyone around him that he seems to be getting better and better as this thing intensifies. And yesterday he was. Uh, you know, another three votes. He got the Ian Stewart medal that we spoke about before. Um, smashed everything. I think you know, Dusty means business when he's fending off his own players. There was a, there was a that that beautiful banana goal in the last quarter where I think it was Dylan Grimes. He's fended off with one arm. Get out of my way! I need the space to kick this goal, and he's put, just flayed it across his boot from forty-five, and that was the killer blow that went. Nah, game's over. We're here. We're done. It's time to bring on. Uh, it's time to bring on top four Tigers. Um, do we as Richmond supporters actually, because of everything going on with the contract, are we underplaying just how good he is? He's going to win a Brownlow medal. Are we, are we appreciative of it enough? Oh, of course we are. But we've known Dusty's a talent for years. Like, but, he's, but he's gone to another level. He, he has, he has. He's by far the MVP of the a- AFL, you have to say. Like, there's oh, some other players that get close. He'll but... win every award that's going on. He, he's, like, he's, he's already clinched the uh, the SEN Tire Power Player of the Year award. He's got that sewn up. He had that sewn up two weeks ago. Um, he's going to win the Brownlow medal. He'll win the AFL Players MVP award. He will win most media awards with, for their Player of the Year um, you know, maybe Dangerfield. Who to, to, and the question will be whether Dangerfield's ahead of him on the votes at the end, at the end of it. But Dangerfield can get stuffed. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious though. I reckon he is miles ahead of Dangerfield. I, Sal, all of them. I think he had more games where he was more likely to have polled three votes than Dangerfield. So that's why I think he's ahead. Danger's last three weeks have been really, Look, good, really I, good as don't well. Don't get me wrong. I love Danger, but two different classes. Dusty just goes one level ahead of of Danger and anybody else below that are. Close, which then which brings us to, um, you know, another week of speculation has gone around about you know does Dusty stay or does he go? As uh, as we're recording this, he's probably on a plane to New Zealand as we speak, uh, off the, over there where you know as per reports, he's him and his manager Ralph Carr will be meeting up with his dad to to go over things, and you know hopefully they'll be locking Brad Scott and the North Melbourne people out of the house. Don't let them in because they'll you know there are reports that I know they've denied it, but there's reports that they were going over there as well to. You know, pitch their last ditch plan to you know to to get him to 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 go. And every week we've sort of had a bit of optim. You know, I think our optimism has slightly wavered from week to week, but we've sort of reasonably confident that he'll stay. Carl, are you? You know, it's a two point eight million dollar gap. Well, why would you let somebody in the first place? There's no certain to be the senior coach of the football club that is apparently interested in Dusty into the house in the first place. Point A. Uh, point B. Look. He's a tiger. He bleeds yellow and black. It'd just be silly of him to go elsewhere. Richmond have tabled a fairly reasonable contract, which is... It's a very reasonable very, contract. Very, very reasonable contract. And as Ox famously said a few weeks ago, he can make the extra money that North are, off, North are offering him in endorsements and whatever else over the years. It's 
no big loss to stay at Tigerland. You stay at a club that actually looks like it's going to have success in the next five years, even potentially this year, right? If, if we don't win a flag this year, you can back it in. We're going to win a flag in the next few years for sure. Definitely. You know? Certainly certainly better chances than North Melbourne, oh, I'll say. Yeah, well, that. More so than North Melbourne. I mean, I'm not saying as though I'm, I'm not cock a hoop saying that we'll definite to win a flag, right? But if you look at our club, the culture we have, the people we have, and the spirit that's there and the belief. Biggest compared, club in town. Compared to a club such as North Melbourne, jeez, Dusty, I tell you what, you'd be silly if you went anywhere else, mate. I, I, I agree with that. Um, and I look back at history because everyone talks about. Oh, you know, when players put off contract talks, they, they they're gone, sort of, so to speak. This the thing that makes this case interesting is I liken this one more to when players left for for the Gold Coast and they left for um or for they left for GWS. In that, this was a, this wasn't for, when like Goddard left, um, you know, St Kilda to go to to Essendon and and those sort of players, and they went for they went for slightly better money. But they were they weren't going to they weren't leaving a wildly successful club to go to a really poor club. They were leaving a moderately successful club to to better their chance to go to a club that was supposedly a better chance of winning a flag in the next four years because those clubs that they were at were about to regenerate. Um, that is, seems that seems to be the, the free agency model where players, if you're 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 a player at your peak, but your club's on the way back down, so I need to go and get to someone on the way back up. It's not often that a club that a player has left to go to the club all the way down. The only ones where they have are you know where it is like the Gary Ablets of the world um, who've gone from there or, or you know the, the young players going to GWS and that sort of thing because that was can't say no money. Can I just say one? And thing that's why you... I, that's why I liken it to this. No, one. I agree one hundred percent with you. I want to pose this right, Dusty. If you're not already mates with Gary Ablett or you don't have his contact number, just have a chat with him. Give him a call and say, mate, look, I know before all this news has popped up about me potentially getting the highest offer in AFL history to go to North Melbourne, before that you were one of the players that certainly got a big amount of money to move, you know, shut up shop at Geelong and move up north to, to Gold Coast and play at the Gold Coast. Have a conversation with Gaz, Dusty, and, and just say, look, you know, is it worth me leaving a club that's got something good going to go to a club that you know you won't play with a club that will win a flag in the next five years, probably? Mm. You think about it, North probably won't win a flag in the next five years if they're the highest bidder and able to afford to have Dusty. You won't win a flag in North Melbourne in the next five years, but is it worth going to the club to get the money that they're offering? Like, that's the, that's the best thing I reckon Dusty could do. The, have a chat to him. Have a chat to Gary, and Gary will say... Yeah, I, look, it didn't work out for me. I'm trying to get back to Geelong. I took the money, and I didn't get the premiership success from coming up here. And the, you know, everyone can sit there and spin it however you want. Oh, it's a new challenge. It's a new challenge. Um, nah, he's going for the cash if he goes. Um, like even Buddy Franklin, like, but everyone goes, oh, Buddy Franklin took the can't say no money and left. Yeah, but Buddy Franklin had the can't say no money at a club that was right up there. Um, and you know, this he ignored the GWS offer in the end and, and went to the club that was better off um so he he's kind of the anomaly out of all this this is where i'm this is why i'm confident that dusty will end up staying because it isn't the hawthorns the Hawth, the hawthorns and sydney's are, and all that they're not they're not offering this can't say no money there are you know every club's supposedly putting their putting their toe in the water um but they're in and around the mark of where richmond's at and if you as you say dusty was if he stays 
the marketability of being a one-club Brownlow medalist, the marketability of potentially being a one-club premiership player. Um, the club will look after him. The club will put him in touch with every business thing he needs to do. They will set him up for the next 20 years, let alone the next seven. So as we stand right now, are you confident that come this time next week, he'll be signed on? Yep. I say it with a lot of confidence. And I'll tell you why, because I've said it throughout the whole year and it's just been blown out of proportion the whole year. Same thing happened with Nat Five at Frio. You know, that uh, radio jock in Perth said, oh, that Nat Five has signed a multi-million dollar contract with St. Kilda to be announced at the end of the year. Well, he was wrong, wasn't he? Mm. I mean, look, could I be wrong with my well, call here? Yes, but I, I'm certain that he will be in yellow and black colours next year. I think that, look, here's the thing. Everyone's been losing, going trop of it. It's exactly what they. It's where exactly they said it was going to be. They said in March, contract talks will be off until the end of the season. Now Ralph Clar- clarified that about a month ago, six weeks ago, by saying, oh, "I would assume that when I'm you know end of the season, I would assume that to be the end of the home and away season." That's where we are now. That's where we are now. And sure enough, what's happening? He's going to consult with his dad. He's going to consult with his manager. What do I want to do? I want to sign on. Do I want to test the market a little bit? Now, what I would say is, if two, if if leading into the first final. If he hasn't got pen to paper, start worrying. Start preparing for the worst. And I know KB's even started to prepare for the worst. And that's why I think, you know, we can have all the confidence we want, but don't be going, don't be thinking blindly about this, Richmond fans, because there is a fair chance, I mean, like anything, until he's signed, he isn't, he's unsigned. So, But would you be satisfied if we won a grand final with Dusty in the team and then he went elsewhere? Like what? No. But no? No, I think, I think you stay and build a dynasty. I think so as well. Imagine if Luke Hodge left after 2008. Yeah, that'd be... Like, nah. I think I think we're a better chance of keeping him if, if that did happen. Yeah. But if... like if But I still think that... Right, he knows where, he knows now whether he wants to be there or not. And he'll know... He'll, that, winning a flag may slightly change that, but I don't think it changes the overall picture of it. I think if you... If, if he's going... It's the motiva- motivation of money, and I'm not convinced that a premiership necessarily changes that. And I know everyone, you know, Shebex speaks about, um, and we'll get to Shebex in a moment, actually, uh, speaks about bringing in, um, you know, wait, wait for the Brownlow medal, and, you know, when he wins the Brownlow medal. Just factor it in now. It's happening. He's going to win the Brownlow medal. And you know what? If he doesn't, well, you kept your man anyway, because he's going to win one eventually. So I'm... Uh, I think the next two, right now we play the waiting game. But if two weeks from now, if they, if there isn't pen on paper, then we 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 realistically need to prepare for the for the worst. And you know what, the worst, we I know articles have started already already being written, but it's not. It might not actually be the end of the world, as the world will keep turning, and we'll have three num three first round draft picks, and you know one point five one point two five million in the cap each year for seven years. And you know what, Tom Lynch is a free agent at the end of next year. Let's go and get Tom Lynch. Let's go and get someone. You know, we'll be looking to pinch hit a couple of players out out of there. And it, don't get me wrong, I'm desperate to keep him, but just be thinking about all the all possibilities with all this sort of thing. It's time now at the for the back end today. We're going to say good day to our great friend who's we've missed him here today, Tony Shebeki. Good day, Shebex. Oh, hello, boys. I've actually missed being there with you as well. I'm up in uh, Lismore, northern New South Wales, uh, just watching a bit of. Baseball, my son's up here at a, an MLB Invitational uh, week, so mm. he was watching that and uh, didn't have much signal, so couldn't get on to you earlier on. But That's okay. Windy, it's blue sky, it's 24 degrees, and life's just pretty damn good at the moment. That's okay. Well, but next week we're going to go more in depth on what's going to happen against Geelong, and we, you know, we need to, we're going to cool our jets a little bit there. But Chebex, just your 
your general thoughts on finishing top three, effectively getting a home final at the MCG, 95,000 there, you know, in a fortnight's time, and, and the performance against St Kilda yesterday to, to lock that all in? Well, firstly, let me say that for all those Geelong supporters that are complaining about Geelong playing at the MCG, the minute you guys stop playing home games at the MCG for more money, then you can generally not call the MCG your home. I couldn't agree more. You still play three games a year there every year as a home game because it's worth a lot of money to you to get 80000 85000 to a Hawthorne game, whatever that might be. Stop doing that, and then you can call Cadinia Park your pure home. Until then, don't whinge. You're playing in Melbourne, and it's only an hour down the road. You're playing against Richmond, who showed some good form yesterday, boys, didn't they, against St Kilda? I just thought they didn't really look trouble, really, from the start. They did what they had to do. Dusty, absolutely amazing. If you needed an extra three votes to secure the Brownlow, well, there they were there yesterday. I have no doubt about that. Uh, everyone just stood up, and I think everyone... The, the good thing is, is that everyone knew what had to be done, and they did it. And I think that's, uh, that's a good thing for Richmond fans to know that our guys know exactly what they need to do when they need to do and that they can actually produce that sort of form. It's, uh, it's one thing, like me, my 50-year-old body, boys, I'd like, I'd like to bowl 130 kilometres an hour again, but my body just don't let me. So I just can't do it. That's so one thing to want to do something, but to be able to do it is another thing. And for the Deutschman to do that yesterday, I thought it was pretty good. Now, we have the, we have the week off, uh, Shebexit. In the meantime, I've got a bit, little bit of breaking news coming through. We were speaking about potential Tigers in the All-Australian team a little bit earlier. The 40-man squad, the extended squad, has literally just come through. Now, uh, I was throwing up the potential that maybe Trent Conchin makes this makes this team because they need a captain because there hasn't really been a standout from the other clubs maybe to be their captain. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case because Trent hasn't made the 40. The I, I, to, uh, to, you can guess. I'll tell you, two Richmond players have made the 40. Would you like to guess who they are? One has to be Dustin Martin. Yes, Alex Rance. And the other yeah, one has to be Alex Rance. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So we've got the two two players in, and I would, I dare, I say it, they will both be in the twenty two when that when that gets finalised. But but Rance, would Rance would be the full back, or do you think he'd be on the interchange? Because like he's had a great season. No, he'll be he'll be he'll be full back, and they'll have they'll he'll be full back with Hurlitz and half back. I would have thought. And you know what? I think that's fair. I I don't think anyone else deserved all this, even though we've had some guys that have had some amazing seasons. I just don't think there's been all Australian performances from the rest of the team. I think everyone's just done the job that they had to do. I'm surprised you didn't. That's fantastic. It's been a team effort, hasn't it? I'm surprised you didn't come to the support of Castagna making the All Australian side this year, uh, Shevex. <laughs> well, if I hadn't been voting for the All Australian team, I'm sure he would have come into my calculations. Just not sure whether I would have put him on the final piece of paper. Well, but uh, no, no, that's fair. Two guys, uh, Ranch and. Rant and uh, Martin, I think, are the two that generally deserve to be all Australians. Anyone else would have been a surprise. I'll tell you what, if Jacob Townsend had been in there from round one, he might have been a chance getting in this year. He's been <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, just to quickly go through the reason why they've been selected in the team. So so Dusty's uh, played 22 games this year, had 434 kicks, which is the second most for the comp, taken 97 marks, 233 handballs, averaging... Uh, thir- you know, 31 disposals a game has kicked 32 goals. Uh, is 146 clearances equal third in the AFL? Uh, leads the AFL for inside fifties. Uh, for you know, 137 inside fifties. Um, 22 rebound fifties. 78 tackles, doing a lot. Whereas Alex Rance. 
uh, gets three clearances a, a game, 83 rebound 50s, 54 tackles, 18 inside 50s because he has that real rebounding sort of role. And uh, he's a flat-out superstar, I think, I dare I say it. Uh, Shebex, uh, last week you spoke about Sean Hampson potentially coming into this team uh, to have a look at before finals, and it didn't end up happening. But uh, are you suspecting anything might be the case for the first final? Yeah, look, I think if we look at the reason as to why that may not have happened, it all had to do with getting game time into Sean. So if they had played Sean Hampson against St Kilda, he would not have been allowed to play in the first uh, final for Richmond in the VFL because uh, it's a buy in the AFL, so you can't play your, uh, your players, your senior players who played the week before in the VFL the next week. So I think what it's come down to is they, they would have rather give Sean two big games or two full games in the VFL and then potentially bring him in for that first final as an extra tall to work with Nan Curvis. And uh, otherwise, it would have just been one game, give him a rest, and then another game. And that may not be, have been enough so did, sure did, to be up and running. Did they give him the week off this week in the VFL final, or does he no. play the elimination final? No, he'll play the elimination final. They want to get him as fit as they can. So he's a genuine option for that, uh, that first week. And, and sort of just having a look, I suppose, at the way Richmond played a couple of weeks ago against Geelong, I think there's no doubt that that extra tall could be a major benefit against uh, against the Cats, who seemed to team up pretty well against our small forwards. Well, they did, and the other thing was, you know, Soldo played in that game, and unfortunately, he just didn't have the he doesn't have the capabilities to roll forward and become accountable. Whereas, you know, you put Hampson in there potentially, and Nane Curvis can can do that. And Hampson showed last year when he was in that when he was in that team at his best. He can, he is actually clunking marks and kicking goals, which. I went, who is this bloke? Where And what has he done with Sean Hampson? Why is he wearing his jumper? Because this guy's actually doing all right. And if he can get anywhere near that, um, you know, we were talking before about, you know, Jacob Townsend plays a little bit taller than Josh Caddy. He's added a bit. Um, do you suspect, you know, if, if someone, because Josh Caddy has to probably get back into this team as well for that final. Um, yeah. who, who do you take out, Shebex? Because we were sort of, we were umming and ahhing around a couple of names, but they weren't really like-for-like like swaps. And that's what I was just thinking. You just put me on the spot there, Mitch, and as I'm going through names, I'm just trying to think who would be the unfortunate you know, person. Mark often, unfortunate. Mark Off and Broad were probably the two that came to mind. Yeah. But, again, they're more defender types, and they don't really... Townsend is more of a half-forward, bullocking type of player rather than running off half-back. So, you know, Josh Caddy, I can't see him going back. He's the biggest front-runner going around. Very true. And also the other person that could come into calculation as well, if need be, is Reese Conker. Yes, Reese Conker and Jaden Short. Like these, these were guys yeah. who were staples in the first part of the season. So it's not a bad problem to have. Well, you know, you know what the great problem is. It's the first time that we've had a Richmond team in the VFL finals. So that's absolutely amazing that that's actually come to fruition after a few years of that team uh, being going. So what it has done is it's given Damien Hardwick and the selection committee a genuine opportunity of having 30 to 35 blokes to pick from. And there is no excuses for Richmond against Long. Now, they can generally go into that game against Shalom. We'll talk about it more, as you said, next week. Mm. But they can go in with an absolutely fully fit list and you know, 100% opportunity to pick their absolute best team on that week. And uh, you know, that's just great for the Tigers. I, I can't remember a situation of us being like that before. It's, it's, we were just remarking before about the, the uncharted territory this is for Richmond supporters and that we are genuinely uh, you know, excited that we are, a, we could actually, like Carl was, was daring to dream of, of Hutto calling the closing moments of the grand final. A Richmond first win in 37 years for a grand final. You know, this is, 
where we, where we sit on the ladder and you know relative to everyone else, every other year we've been in the finals, there's always been a couple of clear standouts ahead of us. Um, we've you know we've always sort of thought, oh, we're, an, we're we'll be an also run if we can get a final, that'd be good. And, but this year we can, you know, the bar has to be higher than that. We are genuinely in that top lot. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think we can seriously say that anything other than a preliminary final spot now will be a disappointing end of the year. Couldn't agree if more. Which one went out, if which one went out in straight sets. A lot of very disappointed people. As, we as, need to win one of these two finals. I agree, Shebex. As we wrap things up, uh, we, the last thing we were spoke, speaking before about was, uh, you know, with each growing week, um, Dustin Martin's situation is, you know, it looks like it's about to come to a head. He's off to New Zealand uh, this week to, you know, speak with the family and speak with his manager and decide what he wants to do. My feeling was that, you know, Carl, Carl's pretty confident that, it, that it's all going to go our way. I, my feeling was if he hasn't signed by sort of 10 days from now, if he hasn't put pen to paper by that first final, start preparing for the worst because it's it'd be a perfect way if if uh, to, you know, to, to give that extra boost going into finals that I know this bloke's here with us. Yeah. Have you, has uh, your... Co- you know, you're spot on, Mitch. You're absolutely spot on. I think what a, what a great way to give this Richard and team some impetus going into this final series was if to Dust, was if Dustin Martin announced that he had signed with the club you know, just before the first final. That would be an amazing fillip for these guys. I have no doubt about that. And you know what? I'm actually buoyed by the fact that he's going to New Zealand to talk to his dad because, and, and let's put all things aside, we know that his dad's been involved with, you know, bikies and all that sort of stuff. And one thing that we do know through all that sort of culture and that scene is that these guys are extremely loyal and very much, you know, a, a part of a group that they are for life. And I just have this feeling, I just have this hope that his dad will, if Dustin already has it instilled in him, that his dad will instill those qualities in him as well when he talks to him and say, you know, this is these boys are your life. They've been your life for so long. They're a part of your life, you know, Forget the money. This is this is what you do. And that's. I'm just hoping that that could be the final thing that brings Dusty over the line. And I I, I tend to agree with you, Shabek. So I tend, I think that that loyalty factor and Richmond has Richmond has done so much for Dustin Martin to not only you know look after him, but um, you know I I, th- I think back to and I don't want to look at every low that there's been because there have been a few, but the world wanted to burn Dustin Martin at the stake two years ago. Um, when the chopstick oh. gate was happening, now Rich, 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 Richmond, Richmond stood by and went, "Nah, we're not going to believe. We're, we're not going to just go out there and you know torture. Let's get to the bottom of what actually happened. We stand yeah. by our man until you know and, uh, and get all the facts. And sure enough, it was proven uh, to not quite be the case as, as what it was. Um, in the you know when it was first initially reported, and and of course no nothing nothing came of it, and we and we all moved forward." That, it takes a strong football club to back in its guy in a face in that that sort of a face of those sort of allegations, and the Richmond did it, you know, full tilt because they believe in Dusty, and I'd like to think that that's the t- that's a two way street. But yeah, um, as I said before, until until Penn is on paper, he's unsigned, so he'll be signed when he's signed. So um, I think that you know we've we've probably got a nervous week ahead of us, and I think that's what what. And you know, I think we just for the next two weeks, let's soak it up. We, we let's enjoy being a finalist and being a genuine contender. Let's in, let's enjoy, you know, the build up to a big game. Don't worry about Dusty, but you know, if, you know, two weeks from now, that's where it might threaten to, you know, start getting a bit nervous. But we'll get to and that I'm when not, when the time comes. And I'm not sure if Dusty's actually heard the song that's been sung by the Grog Squad over the last couple of weeks, but it's, uh, you know. Dustin Martin, you are the love of my life. Dustin Martin, I'm even going to let you shag my wife. <laughs> so there's a lot of offers there for Dustin. 
to actually be you know, Did looked you, after in more ways than one. There was a bit of a um, there was a campaign going around actually on social media. I, I I must admit I watched the game at the at the pub yesterday because I was I did the double. I watched the Mayweather uh, McGregor fight into into the Richmond St Kilda game. I figured I'd save myself to get along to the finals. And there was a campaign doing the rounds on social media to uh, fourth minute of the fourth quarter, everyone cheer for Dusty to make, you know let it be known the Richmond faithful are behind him. And I did hear a bit of a clap at the time. I tell you what, when oh, he when he came off for his last off, rotation. Yeah. How loud was that? It was. It was like he was. It was like he was retiring. It was. Yeah. I hope that he takes that in. I, I just. That's this. This football club genuinely loves this bloke, and he can be um, guaranteed that that won't happen to him in North Melbourne because they never get that many fans to their games to be able to make it that loud anyway. No. Well, that, well it, does he, he imagine going to Tassie? Oh God. Oh, God. Um, that brings us to the to the end. So everyone, Tiger Tragics, get your tickets. Let's fill the MCG. Ninety-five thousand to a hundred thousand. I reckon eighty thousand in the papers. A bit of a, a bit of a, an underestimate of what might happen here. No, I agree with you. I'm actually really surprised that they've only gone for eighty, because that, what that does is that gives a lot of people a hope that you know, they'll be able to get a general admission ticket, which is fantastic. Mm. But I would have thought ninety to ninety-five would be a genuine. Well, they must be worried about the Geelong fans not coming up the highway. Okay, yeah, well, that's right, because it's not their home ground. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So go Tiger fans, get your tickets. Let's fill out the G. This is this this is our home game, really. Let's let's make it let's make it sound like it. Let's let's enjoy the next week or so. Next week we'll get together. We'll have a real sort of in depth look at how this game might play out, um, and we might bring in a special guest as well by the initials of KB. A bit of a chat just to preview the final series ahead for us. But uh, gentlemen, I thank you so much for your time. Uh, sorry, I couldn't be there from the start, boys. We're glad I could join you at the end. We're always happy to have you in Shibex. We'll, we'll catch you next week. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! The Tiger of all, the strong and we're born with the Tiger.